0: I got one question for you. Does anybody serve a worthy God? Uh, do you serve a God that's worthy? He's worthy of all of our praises. He's worthy of a dance. He's worthy for me to lift my hands. He's worthy for me to shout hallelujah. He's worthy of all of my praises. Hallelujah. For all of the good things he has done, for all of the ways he has made, that makes, that's what makes him worthy. Amen, praise God. So look, if you serve a worthy God, go ahead and give God a hand clap of praise. Oh, clap your hands like he's worthy for real. Father God, I thank you now for this day. God, thank you for this opportunity to come into your house, Father, and to worship your name, to praise your name. Father, I thank you now that you have brought us to this moment on purpose, with a purpose. And God, I pray that as we move forward in this preaching moment, Father, I pray that you minister strength unto us. God, minister wisdom to us. God, minister knowledge to us. That, God, that we may unlock another level in glory. Hallelujah. That, God, that we may tap into another level, another realm of glory in this place. Father. Father, my prayer is that after this moment, after this service, Father, your people are never the same. Father, Father, our mindsets are never the same. Father, our hearts are never the same. Our pursuit for you is never the same. Father, my prayer in the name of Jesus is that, God, you captivate our minds. God, that you change something on the inside of us. Father, my prayer is that you download a new update, Father, into our spirits. That, God, that we may run and not grow weary. That we may walk and never faint. Father, I pray that you have your way in this place in the mighty name of Jesus we pray and everybody said amen give God a hand clap of praise right there this month we started a brand new series amen praise God the series is called everything kingdom let me hear you say everything kingdom everything kingdom we're talking about lordship we're talking about citizenship we're talking about kingdom expansion we're talking about the kingdom experience (laughs) last week we talked about hey what don't forget a spot amen praise god that there is there when it comes to jesus being the lord of your life sometimes we miss a spot sometimes we miss an area where we are not fully submitted and surrendered to god amen praise god so we talked about lordship this week we're going to talk about citizenship that we are kingdom citizens look shout this i I am a kingdom citizen. I am a kingdom citizen. We are kingdom citizens and we're going today in this word we're going to explore what does that mean? What does that look like? And I got one question for you. Is anybody ready for the word of God? Uh, is there anybody excited for the word of God today? Yeah. And I definitely there is a word. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. As you're turning there, if you're willing and you're able, you're not too mean, not too rude, I want you to lift up on your feet just out of honor and respect for what God is getting ready to say, what God is getting ready to download to us this morning. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 through 22. When you get there, you'll find these words. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers or foreigners, right? But fellow citizens with the saints and of the, of the household of God and are built up upon the foundations of who? The apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together grows unto a holy temple in the Lord. 22, in whom ye also are built together for an inhabitation of God through the what? Spirit. Let's look at verse 19 again. He says, now therefore you are no more strangers or foreigners, but what? Fellow citizens. Somebody shout, I am a citizen. On your way down, I want to preach and teach from the thought, you are not from around here. Look to somebody and say, neighbor, you are not from around here. I'll look to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, put your preacher voice on, say, neighbor, "Neighbor." you are not from around here. (laughs) Amen, praise God. There's an experience that I hold dearly to my heart um, that happened a few months ago. One day I was visiting this place, this building in a small town in Mississippi. Mind you, I'm still in Mississippi. And a man walked up to me, he said, hey, you must not be from around here. I said, I said, why you say that? I said, I mean, I, I mean I said, I mean I'm from Oxford. It's not too far from here. Why did you ask me all of that? The man said, You just different. You just talk a little different. You you carry yourself differently. You it's just something different about you. And I was like, dang, I'm still from Mississippi. I, but I say, I, thank you, I guess, I guess, that's, that's a compliment, I guess, that's what it is. And it, it hit me this week in my study that it's crazy how we can know where a person is from based off how they carry themselves. You can know where a person is from based off how they interact with people. You can know where a person from by the way that they talk, because you know we as Southerners, we have an accent, amen, praise God. You can know a person, you can know what kind of citizen a person is by the culture that they carry, And I need to tell somebody that you are not from around here. That when we come to Christ in the moment of salvation, we are granted dual citizenship. That when you come to Christ in the moment of salvation, when you give your life to Christ, you are granted dual citizenship. That you are no longer just a citizen of this world. That you're no longer just a citizen of the nation that you live in. But we become a citizen of the kingdom of God. I hope I'm making sense. We become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. That just as we talked about last week, we talked about how every kingdom has a king, right? Every kingdom has a king, and we have to submit to the king. I must let us understand this morning that every kingdom also has a culture. Every kingdom has a king, but every kingdom also has a what? Culture. Think about it. Every kingdom, every nation, every, every race of people has a culture that is associated with its food, associated with its language, its slang, associated with the currency, associated with the trends, associated with social norms. Every kingdom, every nation, every group of people, every race of people has a culture associated with them. And these are the same, this is the same thing when it comes to the heavenly kingdom. That there is a heavenly language that we should be speaking. That there's a heavenly currency that we should have and steward. That there are heavenly laws that we should govern our dealings with in helping us to determine right from wrong. That there's a heavenly social norms that we're supposed to live by. I hope I'm making sense. That every kingdom has a king, but every kingdom also has a what? Culture. That as Christians, we're not called to only operate on the level of this world. That you're not called to operate just on this level of this kingdom, of this world, of this nation. But we are to tap into the power, the privilege, and the perspective that comes to us as kingdom citizens. That we are called to learn and adopt this culture as it is revealed in God's word. And when we do this... We will realize that our lives are not meant to be normal. Let me help somebody at this moment. let me burst your bubble and tell you that you are not meant to be normal. Good God from Zion. you are not to be the casual and the usual. you are not meant to handle things the normal way. you are not meant to think the normal way. you are not meant to run your business the normal way. You are not meant to carry yourself the normal way. You are not meant to have church the normal way. You are not meant to do life the normal way. Let me help somebody because you're confused and you see everybody doing this and you see all of this is going on and you feel out of place. Let me bring freedom to you and say you were not meant to be normal. You were meant to be different. As a kingdom citizen, you were called to be different. As a kingdom citizen, you were called to operate on a different level than this world. As kingdom citizens, we have another element working on the inside of us that puts us ahead of the world. Good God from Zion. Let me say that again. As kingdom citizens, we have something working on the inside of us that puts us ahead of the world. Good God from Zion. Somebody may say, God, Kyla, what is that power that's working on the inside of me? I tell you, that's that's the power of the Holy Ghost. Good God from Zion. That we got something that this world does not have, and that's the Holy Ghost. And since we have the Holy Ghost, since we have the power of God, we are blessed with the ability to not only engage with this world in the natural, but also the supernatural. I'm about to make it make, make sense. We, since we have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us, we are called to engage with this world, not just in the natural, but also the supernatural. Hallelujah. So let me give it to you this way. Unless we are engaging in the supernatural realm, unless we are engaging in the supernatural experiences, we will forever blend in with the culture of this world. Unless we are engaging in the supernatural realm, we will forever blend in with the culture of what this world is, and we will lower our experiences as kingdom people. So as kingdom citizens, we are not just called to have life, do life like everybody else. No, but we're called to do life in a supernatural way. I hope I'm making sense. Am I making sense? I'm not going to just not go go ahead, preach and get your blessing. I told y'all this Wednesday night, but God is really trying to download a mindset into us. God is trying to download an understanding into us because sometimes in church we come and we get happy, but we have no understanding. Therefore, we cannot walk in the wisdom of God's word. We have we have we come and we get emotionally stirred, but we have no understanding, therefore, we, and no instruction, therefore, we cannot walk out what we read. Yeah. Yeah. But as kingdom citizens, I've been telling you this for the past few weeks: that everything that happens in God's word is meant to happen in our lives. And until we have the understanding, the instruction, we will miss it out. Yeah. Yeah. Alright? So You are not from around here. You are not meant to have to adopt the culture of this world. No, but you are supposed to have a kingdom culture. We are meant to have a kingdom culture. Y'all following me? I'm about to give you some stuff to put in your notes, and I hope you're taking notes so that you can study this throughout the week. Our text, Ephesians chapter 2, 19 through 22. Um, Our text shows us that our culture, our kingdom culture, comes from Jesus Christ himself, the apostles And the prophets, our culture, our kingdom culture comes from Jesus Christ himself, the apostles and the prophets. During the time of his uh, uh, during during the time of Jesus's modeling kingdom culture, when he came to the earth, Jesus took 12 men. He taught them how to live out this kingdom culture. And then he told them, hey, y'all go out and y'all change the world. God founded this kingdom culture through Jesus Christ, the apostles, and the prophets. And now he is continuing it to build it through us. Watch this. God started it with the apostles and the prophets and with Jesus, and now it continues through us. This kingdom movement that we're talking about, it didn't start with us. Good God from Zion. It didn't start when Pastor Dudley had the vision to start this church. No, it started with Jesus, the apostles and the prophets, and now God is continuing it through us. Am I making sense? So the book of Acts, the book of Acts, it records the experiences of the early church. It record the experiences and the spiritual activity of the people in the early church. And if you have studied the book of Acts, you know good, good and well that they had some stories to tell. They, they saw some crazy things in the midst. God was moving miraculously. He was moving in the supernatural ways on the regular. That it wasn't just an occasional thing, but God was moving supernaturally, miraculously, regularly. So regularly that the supernatural becomes expected, the expected thing for everybody. Yeah. That every time that there was a gathering, there was an expectation for notable and recorded miracle signs and wonders to take place. Every time the church got together, they know that somebody was about to get their breakthrough. They knew somebody was about to get their healing. They knew some God was about to touch somebody's life. Why? Because they have that expectation. They had miracles, signs, and wonders. I'm about to give you something. Miracles are when God performs something that goes against the laws of nature. Right. Miracles are when God performs something that goes against the laws of nature. Signs are the occurrences that indicate something greater in God is getting ready to develop. Signs are the occurrences that indicate something greater in God is getting ready to develop. Wonders are the experiences that leave us in shock and amazement at the power of God. And so as believers, we are going after miracles, signs, and wonders. Good God from Zion. I'm looking for God to change something in the natural. I'm looking for God to give me a sign that he's getting ready to do something, and I'm looking for God to blow my mind. That Jesus and the early church, they experienced all three of these things on a regular basis. And the Spirit of God had me this week, it had me wondering, what would be recorded in a book written about our church and the people in it? You got the book of Acts written about the early church. You got the book of Acts written about all of the people that played a part in what God was doing in that era. And if there was a book written about kingdom movement community church, what would be written in that book? If there was a book written about kingdom kingdom movement, community church, and the people that are in it, what would be in it? Would we be able to say that what would be said about what we've done and what we do as a church? Let me bring it home. If the writer was to highlight our gatherings, if the the writer was to highlight certain people in our congregation or the certain function of our church, would it match up with the history and the culture of the church in the book of Acts? Would what is what we're doing? If they took time to write it out, would it match up with what God was doing in His Word, or would we fall short? I got a question. Let me bring it home. If somebody was to write a biography of your life, if somebody was to write a story of your life, would it match up with the supernatural culture of the Bible? If somebody was to write a biography, write a story about your life, and publish it to the world, would it be a testament of what God is? The same God of the Bible is the same God that you serve today. And as people, we are collectively and individually striving to embrace this supernatural culture God has given to us. Hope I'm making sense. Jesus, the apostles, the prophets, they came to show us what God has given us access to. I'm going to say that again. Jesus. Every time you read the Gospels, the Apostles, every time you read about uh, um, in the early church, and the prophets, in the early church, they came to show us what we have been given access to in God. They came to show us what we can have and what we can do when we are submitted to the Spirit of God. They came to get the ball rolling, and now that they got the ball rolling, we got to keep the ball rolling. Therefore, what has happened in God's word, we must have the faith that it can happen in our lives. So every time we see a divine encounter, every time we see a divine experience, we can say, yes, I can do that too. Well, every time we see God move in his word, we say, yes, I can have that too. Every time we see God touch somebody's body, we can say, yes, I can experience that too. Yes, I can walk in that too. Because God's power, it did not stop with the apostles. God's power, it did not stop with the prophets in the, in the word, but no, it continues on through us. And as kingdom citizens, I hope I'm making sense. We have the right and the access to God's kingdom at any moment. That as kingdom citizens, you have the right and the access to God's power, his presence at any moment. That you can tap into God's glory at any moment. So as kingdom citizens, I'm moving on. We have access to three things, three things. And if you can get these three things, I promise you, you will begin to live in the supernatural realm that God has called us to live in. If you can get these three things, you will live in the supernatural culture, that kingdom culture that God wants us to have. Number one, as kingdom citizens, we have access to supernatural authority. Somebody shout authority. Oh, Go ahead. Scream it so somebody can wake up. Shout authority. As kingdom citizens, we are given authority over two things. The enemy and the elements. As kingdom citizens, we are given authority over the enemy and the elements. That we have been given authority over Satan and the scene. You've been given authority over the things that make up this visible world. I'm speaking faith now. I'm listening. And when we exercise our authority through the name of Jesus... Things have to respond to our declarations and our decrees. Why? The Bible says, Philippians 2 and 10, that at the name of Jesus, what? Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall, what? Confess. That what? Jesus is Lord. Pay attention. And things, what? In the heavens. Things, what? On the earth. And things under the earth. So everything has to respond to the name of Jesus. Everything that exists has to subject and obey what is attached to Jesus' name. I'm about to make it make sense. Jesus' name, because it, uh, it is attached to you, you now have authority. Let me make it make sense. If it is attached to who Jesus is, what God, what he stands for, what he goes for, if it brings him glory, it has to happen. It's like having a title. It's like having a name for a position. If it's a manager, if it's a judge, if it's a CEO, if it's a teacher or professor, if it's a police officer, having those names attached to you give you some authority. I hope i'm making sense and since jesus's name has been stamped on the doors of our heart we now have the authority that comes with jesus y'all following me that since we are we are attached to jesus's name we now have authority as kingdom citizens because jesus's name is attached to us the enemy has to flee let me say it again because jesus's name is attached to you the devil has to leave you alone Because you belong to Jesus, the devil has to leave you alone. Before Jesus went to Calvary, before Jesus went to Calvary, he brought his disciples to him him, and he gave them power to drive out the devil and his whole posse. He said, I'm giving you power to put the devil in his place. He gave them power to drive out the devil. This means, watch this, the devil has no power over us. I'm about to make it make sense. The devil has no power over us. So we can't, if the devil has no power over over us, we can't say that the devil made me do it. If the devil has no power over us, we can't say the devil, he, he, he made me do it. Why? Because he has no power over you. And here's the thing, the devil knows he has no power over you. The devil knows he has no power in this earth. So this is what he do. He knows, since he knows he can't control us, Unless we let him, he does everything he can to temper, temper, temper things in your life, to tempt you, to cause you, to, but to test you, to lose that authority and that power for his purposes. Since the devil knows he has no power over you, he's going to tempt you, He's going to test you, He's going to push your button so you can use your power for his purposes. I'm, let me say it again, since the devil know he can't, he has no power, he's going to make you do it. But the devil has no power over us. And since we are attached to Jesus, since we are attached to Jesus, we can put the devil in his place. Watch this. This is what he did with um, Eve. He, he, the devil, he, this is, he knew he couldn't make Eve eat the fruit. He knew he couldn't, he couldn't take control of her and make her eat the fruit. So this is what he did. He talked her out of the place of citizenship. He talked her out of the place of authority and to use her authority for the wrong purpose. Eve would have won if she would have called the enemy out on his stuff. Eve would have won if she called the devil out on his stuff. And let me tell somebody, you can win when you call the devil out on his stuff. Y'all know how we like to expose certain things. We like to expose certain people. If you will expose the devil, he has to flee expose the devil to be who he is call the devil out to be the liar that he is call him out as the manipulator that he is call him out as the nobody that he is call him out as having no authority over your life that he is call him out not having authority to do to do anything Call the devil out of your stuff. Let me say that again. Call the devil out of your stuff. Call him out of your children. Call him out of your family. Call him out of your money. Call him out of your job. Call the devil out of your money. You have been given authority to call the devil out on his stuff. Call the devil out and tell him that he has to go what in Jesus' name? Call the devil out and tell him he has to go what in Jesus' name? And as kingdom citizens, we do not live in defeat. Good God from Zion. We don't live in defeat of the devil. No, we live in dominance. We dominate the demonic activity. We dominate the spiritual world. Because we are beginning of what? Spiritual authority. Y'all following me? I hope I'm helping somebody. You got to call the devil out on his stuff. You know, like you like to call people out on their stuff. You know, like, cause you, so they won't cross you, so they won't get over on you. Y'all know it. Call the devil out, so he won't get over on you. Call the devil out on his lies. Call him out. So we begin um, supernatural authority over the enemy, but also over the elements. Mark eleven twenty three. He says that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will be able to speak to this mountain. Mountain, pick up yourself and move. And the mountain has to listen, right? James chapter 5, verse 17, it talks about how the prophet Elijah, he was a man of the same, he was a human man. He, had, he was subject to the same passions of us, but he would begin to pray. And the Bible says that God w- 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 withheld the rain from the earth for three and a half years because he prayed. And so there's a depth in prayer and power where the natural elements are subject to what we declare for God's glory. That when we look to experience at the experiences of the people in God's word, we see that they had power over the weather. They had power over the movement of time. The Bible says that God, that this man prayed and God removed, turned the sun down back to time, right? They had power over the movement of time. They had power over the bodies of water. That Moses stood and the bodies of water moved. They had power over food. They had power over a person's lifespan. The Bible says that Ezekiel turned his face to the wall and he prayed and God asked added more years to his life and they have power over so much more things only because God could trust them with that level of authority and power and I wonder can God trust you with that level of authority and power as kingdom citizens we should be engaging with God in prayer about him doing something supernaturally God do something unexplainable God do something that man cannot do in this natural world we should be praying that God does something crazy with what we naturally see. God do something crazy with what I naturally experience. So we have power, supernatural authority over what the enemy and the elements. Am I making sense this morning? We in school. We back to school. I'm teaching us a little bit. Not only do you have supernatural authority, but you also have supernatural ability. Somebody shout ability. Okay, y'all with me a little bit. You shout supernatural ability. One of the questions that we often ask someone when we want to get to know them is if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Y'all know y'all may have asked somebody that Would you want to read minds? Would you want to teleport? Would you want to be able to do all of these things? If you had super, uh, any super superpower, what would it be? Because wouldn't it be great if we had the ability to do things that seem to be impossible to humans? Like Wouldn't that be cool? Now, like you can do stuff that you can't do in your own strength. And allow me to challenge your faith this morning and say, through the power of the Holy Spirit, God literally gives us power to do the things that he do. I'm going to say that again. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God gives us the power to do the things that he do. Somebody say, Kylie, you you, you, you taking it too far. Jesus says, if you believe, he says, not only these works that I do, he says, what greater works will you do? Right? So this power that God has given us is revealed in the spiritual gifts. I'm, ve- I'm about to make it very practical. The power to see God move is revealed in the spiritual gifts. Each gift is a divine ability deposited on the inside of us. Each gift is the fullness. Watch, well the spiritual gifts are the fullness of God's ability broken down or divided into specific tasks spiritual gifts are the fullness of god's ability his fullness of what he can do is divided it's broken down into specific tasks and when we perform in a gift we are operating in our supernatural ability and power of god y'all following me that god has given you supernatural gifts spiritual gifts so that you can have the power to engage in the supernatural realm all right 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and 1. Hear me out. He says, says, earnestly pursue spiritual gifts. Go after spiritual gifts, especially that you may, what? Prophesy. So we should be seeking to become supernaturally fluent. Let me say it again. We should be seeking to become supernaturally fluent. We should be seeking. We should be praying. We should be studying to activate and operate in the spiritual gifts with ease. That the spiritual gifts should become so much a part of our lives that they become our second nature. I know we always talk about that you need to pray and let God show you what spiritual gifts you already have. And I say this is good but that's only the start. Knowing what gifts God has already given you is only the start. But the Bible says, he says, go after the spiritual gifts. Pursue the spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are like tools. Go after spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are like tools. The more tools that we have in our tool belt, the more that we are able to build things in God's kingdom. The more tools that you have in your tool belt, the more things that you can do for God's kingdom and for his glory. So my prayer, and this can be your prayer too, is God, give me another tool that I can use to win people over to you. God give me another tool that I can use to show the world how great you are. God give me activate another spiritual gift on the inside of me. Good God from Zion so that I can expand your kingdom. So yes God I have this spiritual gift. Yes God I'm learning to flow in this gift but God I also want you to increase my anointing. God I want you to increase my experiences by giving me another spiritual gift. Am I making sense? So go after prayer. Pray for the spiritual gifts. So somebody say, Colin, what do I need to be praying for? I'm about to give it to you. First Corinthians chapter 12, it gives us a starter list of the spiritual gifts. I'm gonna, he, he's going to put it on the screen. I'm going to give you time to either take a picture of it, to write it down in your notes, because I want you to begin to pray for these things in your life. God, pray. God, activate these things in my life so that I can walk like you want me to walk. The first one is words of wisdom. Words of wisdom is this ability to provide divine advice in handling and stewarding things in this world. God can give you a word of wisdom on how to handle your money. God can give you a word of wisdom of how to handle a situation. God can give you a word of wisdom on which way to go. Good God from Zion. Yeah, I'm making, am I making sense? God is giving you wisdom and advice on how to handle and steward what happens to you in this world. Yeah. All right. Not only do you have words of wisdom, but you also have words of knowledge. Somebody shout knowledge. The words of knowledge is this ability to know factual details about something that you are unaware of. Having this ability to know factual details about something that you are unaware of. Maybe it's, I've seen people who have this gift, been able to, person they never met before, they know a person's name. They know a person's birthday. They know major events and times that have happened. They know the locations of things. This is one of the gifts I flow in sometimes. And, and I, 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 I try to take a little step of faith, and I just try to have fun with God. I would be like, at times when I lose my keys, I'm like, oh, show me where my keys are Amen. Praise God. And God would show me in my, in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit, and I'll go there, and they're just right there. Even in the Bible, when I got this from the time when Samuel, when the people came unto Samuel, and they said, We were looking for our sheep. Samuel said, I already know where your sheep are because God had revealed it to him by a word of knowledge. And he says, Well, God wants to do something in your life. I'm going to say this words of knowledge are the doorway for you to evangelize, doorway for you to minister God's word to people. So, The words of knowledge is this ability to know factual details about something that you were unaware of. I'm going to go deeper into these things later, and I can share some of my own experiences. But not only words of knowledge, but also faith. Somebody shout faith. Faith is this ability to always believe God for the impossible. That no matter the situation, you can have the spiritual gift of faith that I don't even care what's going on. I still believe God. Because sometimes we, have, we get doubtful, we get, we get weary, we get worrisome. But God says, no, activate this spiritual gift of faith to always believe me and trust me in the impossible. Am I making sense? Not only do we have faith, but we also have gifts of healing. There is more than one gift of healing. There are gifts of healing. This is the ability to bring divine restoration. Divine recovery to the mental, the physical, the spiritual, and the emotional parts of people. That you have the ability to bring divine restoration, recovery to the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional parts of people. One of of the fun ways I think of um, the gifts of healing is comedy. The Bible says laughter is medicine to the soul. Amen. Praise God. Medicine brings healing. Comedy brings a way of healing to sometimes your emotional parts. Amen. Praise God. So the gifts of healing, right? Not only that, let me give you time to write that down. Not only that, keep that up. I'm going to keep moving, and he's going to put up the next one. Not only that, but we also have the gifts of working of miracles. Working on miracles, this is the ability to control and to bring change to the natural elements. The ability to bring control and change to the natural elements. God, Jesus worked so many miracles. He brought sight to the blind. He allowed a deaf man to be able to hear. He changed what was naturally, what was physical there, right? So God wants to give us the power to do that, that you can have access to that. Here's one of my favorite, um, Prophecy. The prophecy is the ability to speak and communicate the word, the mind of God. Prophecy is the ability to speak and communicate the word, the mind of God. It's hearing God's voice and being able to tell others what he is saying. Hearing God's voice and being able to tell others what he is saying. So not only do we have working of miracles uh, prophecy, but we also have discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. Now, hear me out. There's a difference between discernment and discerning of spirits. I'll teach you later. But discerning of spirits is this ability to see into the invisible world. And to be able to pick up spiritual workings. I have met people that can say, I've seen an angel. Have you ever seen an angel? People say, I've seen demons. I, I, I can see mental illness on somebody. I can see joy on people. I can pick up on principalities over regions. I can pick up on powers. I can pick up on spiritual giftings in people. Why? Because I'm able to pick up on the spiritual workings behind things. Am I making sense? All right, the last one is the tongues and the interpretation of tongues. This is the ability to share a message from God in a heavenly language and then interpret it in the language of the heroes. It is the ability to, um, to share a message. From God in a heavenly language and then interpret it into the language of the hearers. That God has given us access to all of these things. But we have to learn how to pray, then seek God to activate these abilities on the inside of us. Amen? I'm getting ready to go. I'm getting ready to go. This this, this, this last point is going to be your shout. So if you ain't shouted yet, I'm about to, I'm about to help you shout. So not only do we have... As kingdom citizens, this kingdom culture, we have supernatural authority, right? We have supernatural ability, but now we also have supernatural abundance. Supernatural abundance. If you, if you didn't get all of the spiritual gifts, I will make sure that you get them. Reach out to me, and I will text them to you. I will give them to you. Amen. Praise God. Supernatural abundance. That As kingdom citizens... We are called to live in more than enough. That you're called to live in more than enough financially, more than enough in resources, more than enough in knowledge, more than enough in your purpose. That we are called to live in the overflow, not in lack. That anything outside of the overflow is below the standard of our experiences. Kyle, I know we talked about, somebody said, Kylie, you're talking about the prosperity gospel. But yes, God wants you to prosper. Proverbs ten twenty two. Proverbs 10, 22. Write these scriptures down. The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and addeth no sorrow to it. That when God bless you, he's, he plans to make you rich in faith, rich in joy, rich in resources, rich in materialistic things. Why? Because he does, that's the kind of God he is. Not only that, but Psalms 23 and 1. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not what? Want. I shall not lack anything. Third John 1 and 2, he says, he says, my beloved, my, my desire is that you be in good health and you prosper as your soul prospers. Amen, praise God. Jesus says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come that you might have life and have it more what? Oh, y'all be reading y'all Bibles. Jesus says, I come that you may have spiritual supernatural abundance. That we should not just be living to get by for our entire lives. Yeah. That we should not be suffering in resources our entire lives. No, we serve a God, we serve a Father that provides for us and has a cattle on the thousand of hills. Just think about this. Just think about this. How us forever, forever suffering, how would that make God look? If we're, if we're forever going through, if we're forever suffering... How would that make God look for God to have a surplus, but his people to always be suffering? What kind of God is that? And watch this. When it comes to any earthly kingdom, the people and the presentation of the kingdom affects the image of the king. When it comes to people, um, like think about it, when it comes to America, when it comes to any other nation, any other, pe- any other thing, the people and the presentation of that land affects the image of the king or the leader of the land. It speaks to what kind of king that person is, what kind of leader that person is. And let me tell you now, a good king cares and he ensures that his people are well taken care of. Think about a good leader. They make sure, let's bring it political for just a second. Good leaders make sure that you have good roles. They make sure that you have good resources. They make sure you have good, all of these things. Why? Because you are a reflection of them. Am I making sense? And the Bible says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts, how so even does your Father, which in heaven, knows how to give you good gifts? Right? So God knows what to give us when we need it the most. God knows what to give us when we need it the most. That you just got to learn how to wait until God give it to you. That as kingdom citizens, I'm moving on, we are destined to be wealthy. I'm going to say that again. As kingdom citizens, we are destined to be wealthy. And wealth doesn't always come from the sky. It comes from work. Wealth comes from work second Thessalonians second Thessalonians three and ten he says a man that doesn't work doesn't what oh yeah shout out a man that doesn't work doesn't work amen. amen praise God so God has provided us with the opportunity to be wealthy he's provided you with the opportunity for wealth but we have to go get it in the beginning God provided Adam Adam and Eve with all the food all of the resources for their abundance They had more than enough. God says, hey, I give you all all of these trees. I've given y'all all all of these animals. I've given you all of this land to work. Amen, praise God. They had all of it, more than enough available at their fingertips, but they still had to go plant the garden. They still had to go kill the animals, right? They still had to apply themselves to have that abundance. And let me tell you this. God has provided us with the opportunity to have all the money that we need, but we have to do what it takes to make it. God has provided us with all the resources that we need, but we have to do the research and apply to go get it. That the abundance is always available. We just have to find ways to go get it. Look to somebody and say, go get it. The abundance is always available, but we have to find ways to go get it. In this world, watch this. I'm going to step on some toes just a little bit. In this world, we are always told, work the system. Work the system. Find ways to work the system. Find ways to take advantage of the system. But in the kingdom, we don't work the system. We work the land. I'm going to say that again. In the kingdom, we don't work the system. We work the what? land the bible says that we will inherit what the good of the land so you're going to see us hustling you're going to see us grinding you're going to see us sowing. you're going to see us working so that we can reap a harvest of abundance that we don't work the system i thank god for the system for helping me to get steady to get stable but i'm trying to work the what land i'm trying to do what i can so that i can see the harvest of abundance that god has promised me am i making sense this morning I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. When it comes to earning one's citizenship in America, we're talking about citizenship. Being a citizen is being able to know that culture and live in that culture, right? So when it comes to earning one's citizenship in America, it is a very extensive process. It's a very long process. And one has to apply for citizenship, await approval, and then study the material about the history of, the, of America, and then here's the thing that gets me. In order to make their um, citizenship final, they have to pass a test. That if you really, really want to be, if you're not from America, if you weren't born in America, and you really want to become a citizen of America, you have to study its history, you have to study its culture, and then you still have to pass a test. That the test determines if they understand American culture and let me tell somebody if you are going to be a true citizen in the kingdom of God you got to study God's culture you got to learn God's culture and then one day you're going to be put to the test and you got to pass this test to show that you are a true citizen let me even say this this week God is going to put you to the test this week you're going to be tested to see if you will live out what God has told you. you, you this week, you're going to be tested to see if you're a true citizen. You're going to be, your spiritual authority is going to be tested. Your spiritual supernatural abilities are going to be tested. Your supernatural abundance is going to be tested. And let me tell you, if you pass that test, you have done well. This week, you will be tested. I got it in my notes. Even Jesus was tested. Even Jesus was tempted. Come on, Sunday school lesson. Even Jesus, after he had fasted, he had prepared himself. He still had to face that test and that temptation. But Jesus knew who he was, and he knew whose he was. And when life tests you and the devil tempts you, I need you to understand that you have all that it takes to overcome. That when the devil comes your way, that you have the supernatural ability. You have the supernatural authority. That you have the supernatural abundance to put the devil in his place. That God has given you his Holy Ghost power living on the inside of you. But you just have to learn how to use it. You have to learn how to activate that thing. You have been given kingdom culture. You have been taught kingdom culture. I have given you kingdom culture today. And now that you have heard it, you are now held accountable for it. And now God wants to see that in you. Father, God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for this opportunity to teach your word to your people. To, Father, to impart something into them that they may have greater understanding of God, not just of how, you, how good you are, but, Father, how you, good you want us to live. God, that we may know the example, the lifestyle, the culture that you want us to adopt and you want us to have. And, Father, my prayer is, God, increase um, your people's faith. Father, increase your people's faith in the room today. God, that they may be able to experience you like never before. That, God, that they may walk in your word. God, that they may walk in your will. They may walk in your ways. Father, make your ways known unto your people. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, let your power fall fresh on us in this room like never before. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody say amen. Amen.